All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Here's what's coming up on today's show. MCW is the recent darling here in the city. Beautiful, right? What if he joined the Orlando Magic Pod Squad? That's exactly what happens today. MCW touches on his decision to go to Syracuse, some of his early career strife, and why being in Orlando is the right fit for him right now. And also, what has been the most defining moment of his NBA career? It might not be that Rookie of the Year award that he won. All right, let's get to it. This is Aaron Gordon. This is Evan Fournier. This is Jonathan Isaac. This is Mo Bamba. Need a new sports podcast? Check out what's new with the Orlando Magic Pod Squad. The host of characters give you a behind-the-scenes look at Magic Basketball. The Magic Pod Squad has you covered. Subscribe and rate on iTunes and the Google Play Store today. Carter Williams for three. He missed it, but followed it. He knew he wasn't going to get that one. It was short. He went right to the rim. Got it. Put it up and in. What a play by MCW. Michael Carter Williams front court. He'll lay it up and in. The Magic lead is big. 101-81. 7.55 left. Michael Carter Williams, 15 on the night. And it's another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, David Steele, Jeff Turner. And Joel Glass filling wow, in for Joel George Glass. Galante. Michael Carter-Williams will be our guest here for this one. So no no George here. You're stepping in, Joel. Yeah, I, I like that you introduced me before Michael Carter-Williams. <laughs> like, that, that's uh, something Well, fans there. need to know where the questions are coming from. Right. I think, but right? I, I, I only have one, two words for George. Wally Pip. <laughs> this well, might we'll be see. it for George, huh? <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, Michael, I am hoping as a native of Hamilton, Massachusetts, uh, as a product of Massachusetts, that you are a Red Sox and a Patriots fan. Would I be right? Wrong? Where, where do you? No, where does your allegiance fly? You're absolutely right. Yes. 100%. For sure. Man, you I'm just a, scored uh, major points. Do you guys right? mind if we just commandeer this interview and talk, <laughs> talk about the defending champions? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I uh, you know, I grew up uh, a Red Sox fan, and I grew up a Patriots fan, so um, that's big in my household. So it was uh, definitely a great time for us. Do you get a chance to go, or uh, how much no. fun is this? Do you still follow it? Or are you still a pretty big fan? Or? Yeah, yeah, I still follow it. Um, I still watch, you know, a lot of games. I didn't get a chance to go to the parades or anything, but um, definitely follow it for sure. All right. Well, listen. We would love to get started on your your. No, no let's hear more. You want to hear more on that? Patriots. Red sure, Sox. I could talk about that all day. Gronkowski. But uh, before Michael, we... wait. Before you go, Michael, watching a Super Bowl with this guy <laughs> is like nothing you've ever been a part. Of. Well, maybe you have since you are a fan, but it is like a family affair. His two daughters have oh, the yeah. jerseys. Yeah. And same, same with mine. It's same a big mine. deal. We, we got Tom Brady goes from right? the greatest got... of all time to a, the biggest bum in, the, in NFL history. <laughs> the emotions. It's a roller coaster. It's <laughs> absolutely, crazy. Absolutely. We have you know big parties at our house, jerseys, food, the whole nine. And uh, it, it, we get we all get into it, yelling at the TV, everything. And, <laughs> and I'm still living through the 1985 Chicago Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Beat the Bears. Before we get into the kind of the NBA and how you got to, to Orlando, I'm always curious. You, you make the decision to go to Syracuse. First, you finish high school in Rhode Island, so you leave Massachusetts, go to Rhode Island. I've been to Syracuse. I know it's a program, and I know you – but what is the allure? How, how does Jim Beheim continue to build that program? How, how did he convince you to go there? And You had Florida State. You had big, all big schools coming after you. The decision yeah. to go to Syracuse, Mike. Well, when I went to go visit um, – you know, I really enjoyed my time with Coach Hopkins. Um, you know, I, I wanted to uh, major in communications. And then, you know, I eventually want to be, a, I, you know, at, the, at that time, and I still, you know, a little bit want to be a coach. And um, I saw that they had a lot of players on their staff, you know, with, with you know, G-Mac and Red Autry. And, you know, they got, they got guys coming in and out. And then, um, 
and you know, I knew I knew that Syracuse was going to be really good. You know, we had you know great talent. You know, our second unit was me, Dion Waiters, mm-hmm. C.J. Fair, uh, Bai Musakita, and uh, Raheem Christmas. So that was our you know that was our second unit. So it was like, you know, we every single day was uh you know I knew it going in there that every single day I was going to get better. You know, going against Scoop and Brent, Scoop Jardine and Brandon Trish, I was going to be you know a better player. And I'm you know may not have played that much you know my freshman year, but I knew my second year. You know, I was gonna, you know, like, you know, I was gonna be able to, you know, have the keys to the car. So, um, and I felt at home, and it was close enough for me to go home, and it was close enough for me to get away. It was far enough for me to get away, you know, a little bit. So, everything was kind of, you know, it was kind of perfect for me, and, and I just felt at home when I was there. I was looking at when you came here to Orlando. Uh, one of the, one of the guys that, that was in your high school class was uh, Kim Birch. Mm-hmm. He was a top twenty-five consensus high school prospect as were you so you you knew Kim coming in is that was that the guy you had the most familiarity with yeah I've known Kim for uh, for a long time you know just from being in Rhode Island um you know when he came here to play you know AAU he played for a team that was based out in Rhode Island so um I know Kim um you know we we would you know go on uh you know AAU trips together whatever and um you know he's he's a he's a definitely a good dude uh he's he uh he's funny and um yeah, I just I've you know I've been able to build a relationship with him throughout the years, and it's it's great to see him where he's at now. Yeah, a lot of people may not realize how highly recruited he was. What a top mm-hmm. high school prospect right. he was, because yeah, you know he really goes undrafted, so kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But he was a big time high school player, wasn't he? Absolutely, yeah. He was you know exceptional at you know blocking shots and you know finishing around the rim. Um, he was good. Yeah, Kem was a, Kem's a good player, and, and you know he went to UNLV. He was good there too. He just you know didn't get you know his shot in the NBA until now, and I think everybody can see how you know talented he is and how hard he really does work. You know, this is interesting. This is a guy that went to two Final Fours, played two years. I and mean, this time of year, do you get excited about NCAA tournament? And what do people miss that that don't get? chance to make a final four run I mean what, what does a kid miss that doesn't have that kind of experience um you know I think you know being in the, the final four it's you know just the run to, to get there you know the emotions you know that, that go into each game and you know it's you know every single possession you're locked in because you know if you lose you're going home um and you know it's not like the NBA where you got seven games and you play you know the same team um you know this is one chance you know it you know, you play a team that's higher seeded than you, you know, you still are like, hey, it's one game. You know, if we, we play them tight, maybe we can squeak one out in the end. You know what I mean? Like, I think that people miss the, you know, they see it, you know, they see you win games, but they miss the process, the preparation of going into the games. And, you know, just being together, I'll never forget, you know, our final four runs. And, um, you know, just, you know, the guys that were on the team, it was like all of us were moving as one. Like, it was just amazing, like, uh, of you know, us winning games and, um, over, you know, even us, you know, some games that we that we were the ranked the higher seed, and you know, a, a lot of people picked the other team. You know what I mean? So it, it was just it was just an amazing run. It was one of the best times of my life. Michael, I'm always interested, like the development of young players. Um, you know, when I was in college, you know, many uh, moons ago, uh, many years ago, um, you know, people stayed three, four years, but it's changed a little bit now, obviously. You guys come out earlier. Um, you went to a big school. The expectations going in, you talked about it. You're, you know, you, we came in with some good players. 
not didn't play maybe as much uh, your freshman year, maybe as you thought. I'm guessing, yeah. correct? Yep. Um, how hard is that for young players? You go in, you're used to being the star and expectations. Um, a lot of guys transfer now; they don't do well. But you were in a good program; you stayed with it. How hard is that, though? Oh, it's hard because even my freshman year, we were, you know, we lost three games the whole year, and I'm sitting here going to Bayheim's office like I, I should be playing you know what I mean yeah, <laughs> so it's like yeah. <laughs> um you know it's it's hard especially because you know when you're like one of the you know top players coming out of high school you're McDonald's All-American you look at you know, you are your other you know fellow McDonald's All-Americans and you're like look at him he's playing he's successful I know I can play um but it's hard you know I, I think in times of you know kind of struggle and, and where you you know even when you think you should be playing you got to think of you know kind of the process and in, in, you know where you where you see yourself going you know if you're like in my situation those times where I wanted to transfer and you know I tell my parents oh, I got to get out of here like da, da, da. but then if I think logically you know Deion Waiters is going to the NBA you know everybody knew he's a top 10 pick Scoop Jardine was a senior so he there they're two gone and Brandon Trish is coming back and he was playing the two guard and I'm here the whole year competing you know learning the plays and, and doing everything. There's no way anybody else is going to come in and play over me at that time. You know, I, I worked too hard. You know, Bayheim has too much faith in me. It would be impossible. So it would be stupid for me to leave. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people want the instant satisfaction rather than being like, okay, let me just be patient and then, you know, wait my turn. You know, it doesn't have to be three years for you to wait your turn. Maybe it's just one year. You know, you don't know. And, and, um, and you know, it, it ends up being – you know, successful most of the time if, you know, if you're putting in the work and you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, the, the year after that, we, you know, went to the final four. But there's a part of that, though, right, that is, okay, part of it is as a competitor, you want to make sure Coach Bayheim knows and the work ethic that you put in. Uh, I, I read during that summer between your freshman and sophomore year, you, you put a lot of work. You changed your diet. You changed your body, the whole deal. How much of that, though, that growth, but just by the fact that you stayed, you made the decision to stay, how does that affect, has affected your career going forward? Uh, it, it, it affected me a lot. Like, I, I learned so much from, you know, that year uh, of not playing as much as I wanted to play. And um, it's helped me, you know, times in the NBA where I didn't get, you know, playing time that I wanted to get. You know, it's helped me, you know, really – you know, if I'm not getting the time, okay, how can I break down my game to, you know, get better? And, and you know, if I even if I still don't get on the court, I know my next chance when I do, I'm going to be ready. And I think a lot of it is, you know, I can't, you know, control what a coach plays me, but I can control of, you know, what, you know, how hard I work, you know, and, and I can control how ready I am to play. Um, and I think that's big. You know, you can get lost in this game real easy. You know, you're not playing. You start to think like, oh, I'm not playing. I can go out this night or I'm not playing today. I, I can miss this or I don't have to work out this time because I'm not, you know, getting in really or I don't have to be in shape because I'm not getting 30 minutes a night. And it's easy to fall in that hole. And, um, you know, that's something that, you know, that players coming in this league, I wish, you know, somebody could, you know, try to instill that in them, you know, right away. Because, you know, when you're a rookie, when you're in your second year in the league, you're not thinking that. You're just thinking, like, this is, you know, this is BS. You know, I should be you know, I should be playing. And, you know, it's a lot of the times it's hard. And it's not always going to go your way. Where does that come from for you? Where do you get that, 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 that wisdom, that knowledge? Is that your upbringing? Is that something you learned along the way? Where, where, um, where does that come from for you? Yeah, no, it's definitely something I learned along the way. You know, I was definitely, uh, you know, I, I can't say, you know, I never – 
you know, I, I always, you know, worked, you know, pretty hard, but I think, you know, the, the mindset, that mindset has come from experience. And I know, you know, if from everything, from, from, from me diving into myself on, on, you know, what makes me better for me, you know, having a, you know, maybe not the best attitude in the world because I'm not playing. And then I go in the game and I, since I had a bad attitude, it carries over to the game. So it's everything, you know, even when I'm not playing, I try to be the most positive person because I know if I, even if it's, even if I go in at the last three minutes of the game, then if I know if I'm negative, I'm pouting the whole game, those last three minutes for me, the type of person that I am are, is, isn't going to be as successful if, I, if I'm positive throughout the whole game and I'm engaged in the game and I'm ready. And then I go in and maybe those three minutes, maybe those three minutes turn into five minutes next time. And then maybe it turns into nine and maybe, you know, it gradually goes up. But you can't you can't fight though. You can't fight this league. You can't you can't, you know, argue. You can't be you can't mope. You can't because you'll never succeed that way. And, you know, a lot of people. They just don't see they don't they don't see that until they experience it, and that's what kind of happened to me. You know, I was able. I'm luckily I'm you know able to a was able to figure that out at a you know a little bit of a younger age before I got too old. But some people, you know, it's too late. January 9th, you got a call, I guess, from Chicago, and they said we're letting you go. So you were out of the NBA from January 9th until March 5th. What was that like for you, a guy who obviously loves to compete, who's competed at the highest level? How difficult was that time that you spent waiting for the phone to ring? It was hard. It was definitely hard for me. Uh, it was definitely one of my lowest points. And, um, you know, I kind of expected, you know, once I was getting traded from Houston, I kind of expected that, um, especially to Chicago. You know, I, I didn't see a reason to why they wanted to, you know, bring me over. But it was it was hard. Um, like I said, one of my lowest points. Um, but, you know, I took like, you know, a few days just to, you know, get myself together, gather my thoughts a little bit and, you know, where I want, you know, kind of where I wanted to go with my career. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in the gym. You know, I, I went out to L.A. Um, I spent time in the gym. I was in the weight room. I was staying in shape. Um, I, I, you know, I told my, you know, agent, you know, just keep me updated whenever you get, you know, uh, calls or whatever. You know, I wasn't hounding him for, you know, is this team calling? Is this team calling? I was just trying to really focus on, you know, myself on and, you know, I you know, I was, you know, I got back, you know, more into my faith, you know, I was, you know, went to church more, like I just got away from the game a little bit, I didn't watch a lot. Um, and then, you know, I was gonna, you know, I was just told myself, you know, whenever I get that call, I'm gonna be mentally ready, I'm gonna be physically ready, I don't, I'm not gonna go in a place out of shape, I'm not gonna, you know, have to, you know, work my way back into shape, be in shape while I'm there, I'm gonna be in shape while I'm there, I'm gonna be focused, locked in, and then, you know, and, and my confidence is going to be high. And if I'm going to go out the league, I'm going to go out my way. I, you know, I, I think I didn't go out my I was trying to people please a lot. You know, I was trying to, you know, do what everybody else wanted me to do um, when I was on the court instead of, you know, listening, but also, you know, playing my game at the same time. And um, that's one thing I reflected on when I was out, you know, by myself. So, um, yeah, that's what I did. And, and luckily, when I got the call from coach, you know, um, the first thing he asked me was, you know, are you in shape? You know, are you ready to go? And he was like, because you're going to get some minutes when you come here. I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm ready. So I'm, and it, it seems to like things like that always seem to work like that, right? It's like if I went out and I was L.A., if I was partying all the time, if I was chilling, like, you know, chances are I might not get the call. You know what I mean? Then if I came here and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't in shape and stuff, then then I was, you know, I only had 10 days to prove, you know, that I am in shape and that I am can come in and play right away. I know in my personal experience, we all probably, everybody listening, you have adversity in your life. 
and a lot of times it makes you stronger it makes you a better person um, is that how you look at what you've gone through that this is an opportunity for personal growth yeah absolutely um, you know I think I've grown a lot you know since then um, you know as a person as a player um, you know, I, I, I got a seven-month-old, so as a father, um, so eight-month-old now, actually. So, yeah, you know, I think I, I, I've just, you know, grown as a person overall just from the experiences that I've had. And, um, you know, I've learned how to talk to coaches better. I've learned how to communicate with, you know, people better um, just from, you know, those experiences. And like, you know, like we, we were saying earlier, you know, it's it's hard to fight against those things, and you just need to learn how to, how to do that. So you get the call. Coach Clifford, you've got experience with him. You've learned to talk to him. How nice was that? Somebody you're familiar oh, with, you know the coaching <laughs> staff. I mean, is that, that? I was, yeah, I was so, I was so excited. Uh, I was, you know, like a little kid in Christmas morning. Like, I was so happy um, that it was, I was, you know, happy that it was Orlando, you know, that it was Coach Clifford, that it was their staff. Um, you know, from John Hammond, you know, I was, with, you know, with him in Milwaukee. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was – I was more than happy. At what point do you look at the situation in Orlando and say, "Boy, I could be a, I could be a really good fit there." I, I provide something that Evan and a couple of guys have said it. He brings something that we don't have. You know, the, the the things that you add to this team, obviously with your size. And how, at what point do you look at the basketball side of it and say, "Boy, that could be a, a really good fit for me there." Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, when I looked at the team, you know, I knew I like, you know, I knew Isaiah got hurt, so I knew I you know, could come in, maybe play the backup point. And, um, you know, when I got here and, you know, you know, just playing a couple, you know, having practice and, you know, playing a couple of games with the team, I knew like, you know, I could be a, you know, a really good fit for this team. Um, just coming in, you know, as a backup point guard, you know, pushing the pace, you know, bringing it every night defensively. Um, you know, I, I feel as though that, you know, I can definitely be a, you know, a great asset to this team. Um, you know, for now, uh, for the long haul, like, you know, I have, you know, a lot of confidence in that um, just because I know, you know, what that's what the staff wants out of me. And I feel as though I can really excel in that area. Physically, Michael, where do you feel like you are as an NBA player? Because, you know, you get up there six, seven, eight years, some players get beat up, you have injuries. Um, uh, do you feel like you still have a lot of miles left uh, as an NBA player? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've you know I've had injuries in the past, um, and you know I've I've been you know it's kind of like a blessing in disguise. You know, in Chicago, I you know I, I had you know, those games where I didn't play a lot. I had DMPs. Um, Houston, I didn't play that much. Um, you know, Milwaukee, I played, and in, in, in Philly, I played. But you know, in terms of you know actual actual minutes played, you know, I haven't been a you know, this is my sixth year in the league. I haven't played six years full of, you know, minutes. You know, I was, you know, out, you know, I got released from Houston, so I missed a lot of games there. You know, I've missed some games because of injury, so my body feels great. Um, I feel like, um, you know, I feel healthy. For the, I feel the most healthy I've ever felt in, in my career. What do you, how do you see this team? What, what are your thoughts on what this team can accomplish? You're, you know, you're down to the final 10, 12 days of this regular season. You're in a playoff battle. Uh, how do you feel about the prospects for this team on the short short term? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think you know we can we can make the playoffs if if we you know stick to our principles if we you know play unselfish and, and we play the game that you know if we play how we know we can play you know I definitely think we should be in the playoffs um, you know if if we don't make the playoffs I think it will be on us more than you know anyone else um, you know we're and we're all confident in that you know we all want it um, and you know last game I think was a you know, wasn't, you know, wasn't how we play. 
uh, I think going forward, I think, you know, we'll get back to, you know, more of the Miami games and, and how we played there. And it's going to be tough for sure. It's, it's definitely not easy. Everybody in this race has a tough schedule. Uh, the last four or five teams, us, Detroit, uh, Miami, Brooklyn, you know, we all, Charlotte, we all have, you know, tough schedules going ahead. So, um, but I think, I think we can be in there and I think we can, you know, I think we can give anybody, you know, a tough, a tough series in the playoffs. Michael, one of the things that people question is, from from an experience standpoint, this team, we don't have a lot of guys that have experienced playoff basketball. Um, you have a little bit. Describe for our fans, the people listening, how different playoff basketball, and really this is playoff basketball we're playing right now. What What's the difference in just regular season basketball and your experience with being in a playoff run? Yeah, I think everything becomes a little bit smaller, a little bit tighter. You know, teams are more locked in. Um, they're trying to take away more of your tendencies. Um, you know, they may not they're, – they're more focused on, you know, your main – you know, your main guys. Like, uh, you know, they're going to focus more on Vooch. You know, they're going to try to, you know, take him out. Um, you know, take him out his offensive rhythm, you know, whether it's probably doubling him or whatever, you know, everything is more um, locked in. Every possession is, is intense. You know, of course, the crowd is, you know, a lot bigger. Um, it's funny, like our first, like my first playoffs um, was when I was in Milwaukee and it was against Chicago. It was like the first two games, first three games. I think we went down like 3-0 and um I was like, what? Like, I didn't even know what was going on. Like, I didn't even know what happened. Like, it was like, it was like, okay, like, it was like for all of us, like all our young guys, it was like, okay, like the playoffs kind of started then. And then we won a game, then we won our second game, and then we went back to Milwaukee and we lost. But it was like, once we got those, those, those games in front of us, we were like, okay, like now, now we, we understand. And it's hard to understand before, you know, going in there. You're like, the playoffs and that was Chicago was tough you know D they had Jimmy and, and, and um, D Rose you know Joe Kim like that that team was really good so it was it was definitely uh you know definitely a great learning experience for me because now when I go in the playoffs like I know what to expect I know you know what that intensity is you know you played I don't know if the fans know this you look it up but you averaged about 30 minutes a game in that series. You started every game for Milwaukee. You had almost a triple-double. I believe it was in game five against Chicago. So not only have you been there, you've played at a very high level in the playoffs. Can you use that to help some of the guys that haven't been to the playoffs that are on your current team? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think we have, you know, we have a lot of young guys that are talented that gets, you know, that get some minutes, you know, with, with Wes and Jonathan and even Kem. You know, I think those um, – you know, I, I try to talk to them as much as I can now, you know, them, you know, especially when they're in the second unit with me. And, um, you know, the, the the pressure, you know, gets, you know, gets any young player. It's, you know, you're only human. And, um, you know, as much as I can do to relieve that pressure and, and to make it seem like this is still a game, you know, it is the playoffs, the stakes are higher, but at the end of the day, it still is a basketball game. So you got to go in there and play your game. You got to do the same things you've been doing in the in the in the playoffs I mean in the regular season and just play with freedom and and don't be too tense but you know also lock in a little bit more on on the defensive end you know on rebounding and it doesn't have to be you got to lock in on your shot a little bit more and you just shoot with freedom you know play with freedom but you know those other things you know give a little extra effort so as much as pressure I can take off of them you know I, I think that's a, a big part of my job it's yeah, only two guys we, on our team that have played more playoff yeah, games than, right, DJ, than Michael Carwell DJ and Terrence yeah yeah you know, you think about it, and how how unusual is it for a team to add a guy on you know a late season contract 
-hmm. who comes in and immediately is thrust into a situation where he can be a significant contributor. I mean, we've been Jeff Maybe and I. We've been here since years. the first year. Yeah, you know, it's never it's happened in Orlando. I, you know, I, it's 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 such an unusual situation. Does it almost feel like this? It's almost like it was just meant to be. Every, I mean, so many forces had to come together for you to be available, for you to have played for Steve Clifford, to have experience with John Hammond. Uh, the Magic are in need of a backup point guard on a, on a playoff stretch. I mean, it was just the perfect storm, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it it definitely was, and, and I'm a big believer of you know building my own luck, and I think you know that kind of, I think that's what you know kind of happened there. You know, I, I you know, I, I always kept a great relationship with Cliff. You know, I, I kept a great relationship with John, even even when you know I got traded from Milwaukee to um, Chicago, and um, you know, it just shows like anything can happen. You know, you can't like I could have easily been like, man, like. Hell with John, you know. What I mean, like he traded me, and, and you know I could have had an attitude towards him, but I know that, like at the end of the day, it's a business. It's nothing towards me. It's nothing, you know. Um, and and so you know, I'm glad, you know, I, I kept good relationships with those, you know, with, with every with all those people, and um, you know, I, I've, <laughs> you know, my experience in the NBA hasn't been the the most normal. You know, I've been, was traded after, you know, winning Rookie of the Year, so I'm used to you know crazy situations. So. Really but how rewarding for a guy that's you know, waiting for the call and then the standing ovation when you leave the game in Orlando. Enormous rebounds in that game against Memphis. I mean, just timely plays that you've been able to make there at the end. Just kind of take us through that whirlwind of emotion and kind of the the, the uh, whirlwind of emotion for a couple of weeks there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, when the when the you know when I got the standing ovation, that was you know one of my most probably my one of my most memorable moments in the nba did um, you have family there that night um did i, did I, think I, I thought did, i read did, that did, somewhere did, I, yeah, I think there. yeah my my stepfather yeah. my brother i think mm -hmm. um they came to the game but um yeah you know i was you know i was so like i just was i was really happy you know i think you know to feel appreciated like that you know after being released you know after being traded you know a bunch of times um is you know was amazing you know for for, for me um it just made me you know i, I you know re i love the game but you know just made me appreciate it a lot more and um you know i just tried to go out there and, and just give him my all you know those rebounds i knew we needed them um i know the big guys in there you know vooch and you know um jonathan i know they're in there battling you know battling with big dudes and so if i can come in there and you know sneak one or two you know i know it's you know it's important so and you know i'm a bigger guard so i can go in there and i can you know jump or or do whatever you know scrap to try to get the rebounds and you know i was able to come up with you know some some big ones and that's what we're going to need uh not from just from me from 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 everybody you know whether it's me whether it's wes whether it's dj you know it, it, somebody has to you know go in there and, and make big plays for us to win well we're lucky to have you and the way you play plays well with fans. Fans spend a lot of money to come to games, and they want to see their their team play hard and play with the fire, and the way you compete certainly is going you know, to play well. What's interesting about that is, you know, again, history, we've all were there and everything. The, the, the Probably, you ask Magic fans, one of their most favorite teams of all time, I don't, you know the story, but it was, they called it the Heart and Hustle team. It was Doc Rivers' first year. Daryl Armstrong, Bo Outlaw. There were there were no names ben on that. Wallace was ben on Wallace team, was right? on that team before he was the fro and yeah, the whole yeah. deal. Uh, and fans 
they still to this day, you know, I think we were what, 41 and 41 yeah. that year? Yeah, right. Still one of their favorite teams because they played, all of them played the way you've come in and played here in Orlando. So I want to ask before we let you go, I know it's premature to talk. You're, you're looking at the game against Indiana, you're looking short term, but, uh, and other factors will play in as far as what your future is in the NBA. But the, are, do you like the situation in, in Orlando to the point where you could see this being something that, you know, a place you'd be for more than just uh, the rest of whatever happens this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I like the coaches. You know, I like, you know, I like the way we play. Um, I feel like, we, you know, we get to play with a lot of freedom out there, but, you know, also we're in a good system. Um, you know, I'm comfortable in, in the position I'm in. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I enjoy, you know, coming in, you know, off the bench in the second unit and, and you know, running that team and, and doing the little things out there and just being able to play with my strengths and, and being stress-free out there. So, um, you know, I, w- I would love, you know, I would love to come back, you know, you know, for the future. Absolutely. Let Orlando Magic fans go. We'll close it out. You're a podcast guy. What kind of stuff do you do? What kind of a guy are you? Let let people know who Michael Carter Williams is. What do you What do you get into? Yeah, you know, I love. You know, I I like podcasts. Like I said, you know, I, I listen to um, you know, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. You know, my free time. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of boxing, UFC. Um, you know, my family's into it. Uh, I hope this doesn't, you know, nobody takes the wrong way, but I am a Pats and Red Sox guy. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll be proud of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, from, you know, from the New England area. So, um, you know, I like to have fun. You know, I enjoy, you know, company from, you know, my teammates, friends, family. And uh, pretty simple. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, work hard and, you know, I continue to work hard and um, play with pride and passion. And, yeah, that's me. Could you do that? Could you could you be a UFC guy? Any part? Does any part know. of you want to step in that octagon? <laughs> no, I mean I I've, I've trained. I, I do I do a little bit of training, but okay. I would never step in the octagon <laughs> with those guys. No way. All right, I right, appreciate it, man. Good luck the rest of the way. This what do you think? Is George's or? spot safe, or has Joel? Uh, <laughs> well, he doesn't know. We've had his, pretty we've had his mic here. off. <laughs> he we did. No. When I sat down here, Dante said, sit on the bed. And he said he did a mic check with Jeff, Michael, and Dante. He did no mic check with me. <laughs> so if you guys look, it's not even plugged in. So <laughs> But good job, Joel. Good work. Thank good you. work on Thank you. you. I didn't even get to my question. Insightful either. question. I was thinking of a question. As you know, you guys are all the professional broadcasters, and what a lot of people don't know is Michael, um, his first game in the NBA was in the Orlando Pro Summer League. We were talking about the other yes, day. Yes, it was. And the one thing he didn't like about our summer league is we had the no foul out rule because yeah. Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I had kept harassing you. Yeah, he had like eight fouls in two minutes, and I I didn't know like I I I was like, what's going on? Like, like I don't even know how. But yeah, he definitely welcomed me into the NBA early. That's a good nugget. That might bring you back. That that bring. I think that just lifted him up near the George Galani level. That was outstanding. Just want to let everyone know, we have some terrific content on the Orlando Magic page on TuneIn. We encourage you to download the TuneIn app and follow the Orlando Magic page. We've got some great podcasts on there as well, Magic Gaming, Producers Cut, so you're going to get a week preview of what's coming up for the Orlando Magic and some great guests on there with our radio producer, Aaron Berlin. Uh, We rebroadcast some classic games. We have Radio Remembers. We have the Magic Minute, so it's some terrific Magic content. Uh, to keep you in the loop uh, with your favorite team.
Well, I, I think that was pretty insightful, guys, from, from Michael Carter Williams, a guy that's gained a lot of perspective, but he seems like he's had always had kind of a lot of perspective and, and pretty grounded guy. And I, I tell you what, you look at what he's added on the floor and and kind of the way he conducts himself, that's a that's pretty good win all the way around, I think, for this organization. Well, to my to me, Dante and uh, Joel and Jeff, it, you've got you've got the guy at just the perfect time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. it's it's like I said I, in talking with him, it's couldn't be a better situation for him it couldn't be a better situation for us it's just he's the right guy at the right time I think it's got a chance to be really a good relationship between I like the way you know it's it's really kind of interesting and I hope fans get it is how at a young just a lot of life lessons for him you know I, I brought up his freshman year in college and you know that was tough for him and if you think about his pro career Dave and I were talking about this earlier there's a, there are a lot of injuries. I think if you go back through, there were times when he was starting to, you know, become that rookie of the year type player, and an injury would hit him. You know, in Chicago, in Milwaukee. You know, he had at the end of his tenure in Charlotte in March, he tears his yeah. labrum in his, uh, you know, in his shoulder. Um, you know, so there was a lot of little setbacks that kind of. But yet he continues to be positive, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a is is great. I I hope he continues to share with our young guys. I think that's important. Well, Joel, where do we miss on this whole thing? Do you hear front offices talk about it? I mean, he he's grounded and has a perspective that I don't think a lot of guys have. And I think the ability to stay with it in high school, to stay with he had transferred high schools and excelled in Rhode Island. The ability to stick it out in Syracuse. Learn the lessons in Philadelphia. He, not a lot of guys have that kind of perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just see him around his teammates, how well he fits in. Mm-hmm. Um, he's happy to be here. He's humble, but he's hungry. And and I think, like David said, like we all have adversity in our life. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not, you know, it's how you fall, but how you get up, dust yourself off. And his perspective is awesome. I, mm-hmm. I think I was telling you guys, before, you know, we've been running through a lot of media things and he's the new darling and so forth. And, you know, you're, you're always conscious of that with a player because they have so many other things to think about, like where he's going to live, you know, learning the playbook, getting acquainted with his teammates. And, you know, I said to him the other day, I said, hey, I know we're doing a, a lot of things. He said, you know, I'm just... I'm just happy people are talking to me again, talking about me. <laughs> That's so great. That's he, right. he really, he really gets it, and yeah. he's he's a he's a real joy to be around. You know, I like. I think the best thing, what I liked about what he, there were a lot of great things that he said, but uh, when he talked about how um, that he thinks that he could see himself in Orlando in the future mm-hmm. because he likes being the guy on that second unit. I mean, right. to me, that says this is a former rookie of the year. Right? Yeah. who was out of the NBA for three months. And now, you know, he kind of has come to a place where he understands what he is as an NBA player, which, as you know, Jeff, until you until a player really understands and realizes what he is and how he can help a team win, then there, there's a lot of teams that have a lot of guys that don't understand that. And that's why you see teams win 20 and 25 games. It's when you have a group of players who understand what their roles are and what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are and how to manage all of that and be willing to be coached. I think that he is at a point in his career where he gets all of that. So, you know, I, I like to hear him. I, I really I thought it was great that I heard him it gives say him that. great value. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's it really amazing does. Sometimes with players or people in this profession, it's like almost their greatest strength can be a weakness for them. 
You know, mm-hmm. they have to be confident to right, get right. on an NBA floor. Right. But sometimes that confidence could get in the way of like yeah. knowing your role and so forth. But he, he obviously gets it. Or to think that I got to come in and get 15 a night to survive in the NBA. You know, yeah. he doesn't look at it that no. way. He looks at And I like that your favorite answer from his was on the question that you asked. I do think that was a good observation. But I'd like to know too, Jeff, is where does. He's out of the league. He's decimated with injuries. I mean, you battled injuries. Yeah. You played overseas for a couple of years. Where mm-hmm. does the mind go when you're – he's a rookie of the year. That, Like you said, that, that's something that nobody can take away from you. I mean, that'll yeah. – that's up. Where does the mind go when you start trying to battle back from all There's that? so much doubt. I, you know, I, in my own personal story, I was a first-round draft pick, right? And right. so, I, you know, I went to New Jersey, and it was not a good experience. I was out of the league, basically. Um, I was told – uh, that they're going to build the team from the bottom up. And I wasn't in that in New Jersey. And so, um, you know, I, I had a chance, very humble, go overseas and play for a couple of years and really kind of figure out, it's kind of what Joel was, we were talking about, is like really figuring out who you are as a player. What are your strengths and weaknesses? What do you bring to a team? And play to those. Um, and then so when I got the chance to come back in the NBA, you know, that's what I did. You know, I just made sure uh, I was ready every night. But I'm telling you, there. He mentioned it. There are so many outside voices. Oh, um, you know, you should do this. You should do that. Or you know, you should be. You know, you should shoot more or things like that. Um, putting all that aside and really knowing who you are um, as a player and what works is is a hard place to get to. And then be confident enough that that's good enough. You know that. That's what I need to do to prolong my career. So I think he's in a he's in a really good place. How about the fact that he knew he had to be in shape for when the phone rang, and that's the first question Steve Clifford. Asked. <laughs> yes. He doesn't mess around. Like, like mm-hmm. yeah, right. Well, I, you know when I when we asked him the question, I, it, the smile on his face, that Michael's face, you know, that our listeners can't see, but I gotta think that that conversation was. A little bit more than what we really know, <laughs> no right? Question. Knowing no. Steve Clifford, <laughs> right. you know, I bet it was. Uh, and it's, detail and yeah. yeah. <laughs> more about the expectations. Yeah. Well, I think as we wrap this up, this this playoff race, guys, as we sit here at the recording of this, we're getting ready to play Indiana. The emotions of beating Miami in Miami on Chris Bosh night with a 90-minute halftime. And then you come back. And then the complete opposite, uh, just kind of laying an egg, really, in Detroit, which was a, a, equally a meaningful game, but but third game in four nights, and you're just kind of worn out. Here we sit, six games to go, and if you handle your business, you're going to get in. We're going to be talking playoffs, guys. This is pretty exciting. I, I think the one thing I'm done looking at is everyone else's schedule and trying Dave, to predict Dave and, I, Dave and I did it again this morning like that does not work that's the biggest danger isn't it yeah, that yeah. Is, oh my gosh. you can't get help can you yeah, can't you, count you on help to play you gotta do it yourself in. and and really that's what cliff told the team today at practice like it's in our hands yeah you yeah, know really play your way in like we can't expect help anywhere you might get help from Dallas, but it's Slovenian night, so Dragic gets a triple double. <laughs> you can't, you can't account for that stuff. You no, can't account. But know. isn't this great to be playing meaningful games? I mean, sure. there was a different energy going into that that game last night in Detroit than we've had in quite. Yeah, some all six thousand people in the building were pretty stoked <laughs> oh, about the game. Oh my goodness! But, uh, 
<laughs> no, the games are they are they're all meaningful now. It's it's awesome. It's 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 a lot of fun. We haven't been there in, in so long that it feels great to be in that situation again and be you know broadcasting games for a team that is playing in meaningful games. And uh, I, I think we'll be pleased with the way the team. Mm-hmm comes back, bounces back for the last six games. I'm not sure what the number is, but um, I think we're going to have to, like you said, Joel, win our way in. We're going to need to win at least three or four, Yeah, probably four of the last six. So my dad told me this morning, your six games left, your magic number is six. <laughs> Just got to keep, keep our eye on that. All right, guys, well, good job. I think I think people will enjoy hearing from Michael Carter-Williams and uh, – and uh, we'll we'll have to consult with George and see. Yeah, you know, these guys yeah. will kind of have to battle it poll. out. Do we need a Do we need some kind of a poll? Could yeah, we put it on? Have to do a poll here. Uh, my guy does a great job. He does so do a great he, job. He does a great job. He does. So we he, definitely need him. And plus, he, he knows about soup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I prepared all morning about a soup question, and there's no soup. His greatest question. His greatest strength is he knows about soup. <laughs> <laughs> now we got to find out what Joel's soup. What well, was your soup? Okay. All morning. Yeah. What is your What is your soup? Oh, my soup. You know, I'm usually a French onion soup guy. Yes, you are. Okay. On top and, um, With a side of a BLT. Yeah, definitely, definitely. How about this? Would you ever have a soup that had cabbage, peas, and like a like a nasty looking brown broth? <laughs> it was a chicken yeah, broth actually? It, it was, was a chicken really broth. Good. It was good, wasn't it? It was JT? very good. That was today. I'm, I'm thinking about yesterday. dinner now. Yesterday. Dinner. We got a big dinner today. We were told, David and I had this soup, and it was very good. Beef a little cabbage. Spi- beef cabbage is what it was. I used them in and it was, just they called it old man soup. <laughs> no, beyond old man. Beyond old man soup. <laughs> that was tight. That was tight. That was pretty funny. But, that but was... we were in a pretty hip, kind of cool yeah, place, yeah. and I said, you know, it's and Dante pointed around, look around, nobody else is eating that soup. There's so no bad empty bowls with that soup on it. <laughs> Dry cabbage is bad. We held bad, strong, though. Let alone in a broth. Is that the soup you're going to go with for this month? Would that be your I think your you should the just the uh, Wow. <laughs> it's definitely the soup. Cabbage and pea soup? <laughs> sure. Okay. You All know, right. you gotta, if you're going to if you're gonna do soup, then you have to be strong about your choices. Yeah. You can't just, you know, kind of tiptoe in. you got to go all in. If you're if you're going beef cabbage, then you go beef cabbage. <laughs> yeah. Right, Jeff? Absolutely, David. Absolutely. Somebody you don't that. apologize for your no, soup. No, you don't. Never. People can make fun of you. They can. you got you got to block out all block the voices. That's have, what we were. Have have Carter Carter Williams. Block out the voices. You have to have blinders on. Yes. Know what you like. Know who you are. If yep. there was even one other option... Would you have taken it? Probably. <laughs> if it was split, <laughs> split, uh, split pea, I wouldn't have. <laughs> Any other option? How about a dessert? You got a dessert as, well, as we get you know, ready if we're going to stay with that one. Then how about those chocolate sea salt chocolate oh, chip oh, cookies man, we had the good. other night? Those were good. Man, John Denton got the didn't he get the, the big container? The container. But for the rest of the trip, twelve. Yeah, he got it for the whole trip. <laughs> He bought the container. Yes, he did. You, you yes, know, did. this but, is why. This is why I'm one of like eight people that listen to this. Because <laughs> we had a really good podcast, and yeah, now it's just now it's it's. Yeah. it's well, people don't make it to this part. <laughs> They're all gone. People don't stick around to get In to fact, this. In fact, George is the only one listening. To this <laughs> yeah, part. that is that is the only one. That is. The and only I one. do need clarification. Is my mic working? Because <laughs> everyone else's mic was checked. It's not plugged in. Okay. It's not plugged good in. to know. Can you wrap? He picked up? up. He picked up the twelve cookies and looked around to see. He tried to get approval. Everybody said, oh, that's a lot of cookies. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. All right, guys. Good job. We'll revisit again next week. <laughs>